want to welcome our KKVV listeners to the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 1720 North J Street. That's at the corner of Owens and J. Today, special day here at Abundant Life, our Youth Day, and our speaker, Pastor Lyle Notice, comes to us all the way from Michigan, the Andrews Theological Seminary. As usual, you can purchase or receive your DVDs, cassettes, and also VHS if you just give us a call at 702-647-2627. That's 702-647-2627. Before we have our speaker, we'll have a power-packed sacred selection from our choir. Um, but before that, we'll have our scripture by Darren Smith, and after which, the sacred selection, we'll have none other than our pastor, Lyle Notice. Good afternoon and happy Sabbath. Today's scripture will be read from Nehemiah 1, verses 1 through 4. That was Nehemiah 1, 1 through 4. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaleah, it came to pass in the month of Cheslev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with, with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reapproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned. For many days I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Thank you, and let this word have a rich blessing.
glory glory to your name what do you say church glory to your name have mercy wasn't that beautiful come on now church wasn't that beautiful mercy you give him give him a round of applause wasn't the children's choir beautiful wasn't it glorious to hear them come on church you know every time i i hear singing i realize how much i can't sing so all right lord help me but i know that when gabriel blasts that trumpet when jesus comes back he's gonna put my vocal my vocal cords in tune what do you say church i'll be singing like gabriel have mercy it is truly a, a pleasure to be here on this Sabbath day. It's a pleasure to be worshiping with you. And um, I just want to say that you have one of the most amazing pastoral staff and pastoral team here. What do you say, church? You are blessed to have such a, a wonderful pastoral staff. And I'm glad that they uh, thought it... Uh, to invite me here to speak for this youth day um, and pastors you have a wonderful church as well what do you say you have a blessed congregation I've met some of you here and there I know Dr. Eileen White from Andrews University and um, I felt welcome here I just want to say thank you for that God bless you I like to ask the, is it all right if I step down is all right sometimes I, I need to be in your face is that all right I got to make sure that you're not sleeping on me, all right? I like to ask this every time I preach. How are you guys doing today? Come on, tell, be real with me. How are y'all doing today? This may seem like a cliche, but I've, I've got to let you know that you are too blessed to be stressed. Come on, church. God has blessed you in some way, form, or fashion this week. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you disregarded it. Maybe you didn't see it, but God blessed you this week, and you've got to be thankful for that. Man, I got to testify, church. Is it all right? Man, in my, in my academic career, within the last six years, last week has got to be the hardest week ever. I mean, I mean, my loans didn't go through as yet. They, they keep on charging me because it's due every month. My bank account is empty. No, I'm being real with y'all. It, it's empty. So much to the fact that they closed it, okay? I'm not, I'm pl I'm not playing with y'all. I'm being real. Don't, don't you know that I went to my insurance car agency? Went to them, trying to pay my bill. When I got there, I said, excuse me, sir, uh, how, how may we help you? I said, I'm here to pay my, uh, my bill. I said, um, what's your name? Lyle Notice. I'm um, sorry, you're not in the system, sir. Not in the system? I just paid you a couple months ago. They closed my insurance policy. But I'm here to testify that God is good. My God doesn't close me out like that. They can't take my joy. What do you say, church? Come on now. Let me get to the sermon. Let me get to the sermon, okay? Let me get to the word. What do you say, church? If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. 
which was so eloquently read. One through four. One through four. The Bible says the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hill Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. They said to me, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down. And its gates are burnt with fire. Can I get some more juice? Verse 4, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Flip to chapter 2, verse 5, just real quick. Verse 5 of chapter 2. The Bible said, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servants has found favor, before you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. For the next few brief moments, I'd like to speak to you on the topic, menace to society. Menace to society. Why don't you pray with me? Father God in heaven, it is your time. Lord God, let us not leave here without a breakthrough, Lord. Bless us so much, Lord God, that we're in overflow. In Jesus' precious name I pray. I'm in church, so I feel the need to confess. Can I confess to y'all? Is that right? Confess. For the last couple, well, about six years now, I have been movie theater sober. Y'all didn't hear me. Yeah, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle, but um, I have not gone to the movie theaters for about six years now. Yep, yep, praise God. It's been a struggle. Made it through. But don't you know that uh, in my movie mania days, way back in the day, this was pre-conversion, before I met Jesus, when I was not selective with the movies that I was watching, because you got to be selective nowadays, hello? I remember watching a movie entitled Menace to Society. Some of y'all know it, don't you? Yeah. Have mercy, have mercy. Be careful. <laughs> Which is about a young boy by the name of Kane K.D. Lawson, who has just graduated from a local high school in California, which is one of the most dangerous and violent neighborhoods in the U.S. of A. Watts. This young black man, 18 years old, like many others, had the choice to avoid drug and thug life. This glamorized gang life. But instead, he chooses to associate himself with individuals like Kevin O'Dog, who is a paranoid, trigger-happy, deadbeat, drug-dealing friend whose mentality is shoot or get shot. 
As the summer goes on, circumstances take place, and Cain gets, in, gets sucked into the culture, and he becomes a product of his environment, in which he becomes a menace to his society. It's true what the old folk used to say. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. But church, you have to understand something here. At the end of the day, we all on some level participate in being a menace to our society. At some point, subconsciously or consciously, we succumb to being a menace. So you see, the choice is not whether to become a menace, but what type of menace will you be? The reality is, to be a menace in your society, it's not necessarily bad. A menace, by definition, is one who endangers, poses a threat to, presents a danger to, expresses a threat either by utterance, gesture, or act. You're almost a nuisance or a bother by what you say, do, and how you behave. So you see, society, which is made up of community, neighborhoods, families, organizations, groups, essentially people, is already full and riddled of problems because of people and their opportunities to become menaces. Because once again, simply put, we affect or infect positively or negatively at the end of the night, our society. The question becomes, who are you threatening? Why are you threatening them? What are you presenting a danger to? And why are you presenting a danger to them? Perhaps there needs to be some threatening, hello? This then leads me to my three types of menaces concept. The first one is which we're, we're, we're all familiar with. It's the negative menace concept. Hello? Those are the individuals who are of the secular, worldly, ungodly mindset, who are stuck on being a negative menace. You see, when you're a negative menace, you are an endangerment to yourself, your family, your friends, your community, and ultimately your society. You're a threat to the world. These are such people who, who rape women, hello, who practice pedophilia, who sell drugs to our kids such as crack, e-coke, shrooms, hydro, so that they can make a quick buck. These are folk who commit robbery. These are folk who run escort services and pimp women, who create violence in our communities, in our schools, and all over the world. These are the folk with the gangster mentality. Can I speak to someone today? Yeah. These are the folk who carry a gun and say, listen, if you look at me funny, I'll use it. Young people, let me talk to you for a second, all right? You see all this gang garbage? That is foolishness. Can I speak real to someone today? Young people, you are not your block. It's going to be harsh. You are not your block. You are not your, 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 your block, your, your community. Your, listen, you're none of that. You know why people join gangs? Because they're scared. They're scared. They're scared to be alone. They say in, in numbers, their strength. They look for that strength. But that gang stuff is pseudo it's pseudo-family. It's, it's not real. Trying to be all hard and stuff and, and carry. Listen, you are not defined by what block you come from. 
You are not defined by your hood. You are not defined by your clothes. You are not defined by your shoes. The problem is that we don't know ourselves, young people. The, the, the great philosopher says, know thyself. You see, when you get to know yourself, you'll understand that you were created in the image of God. You'll understand that God created you, so by getting to know yourself, you get to know God ultimately. You are a child of God, young people. You are royalty. We need to be acting like God's, God's children. Let me get back to this sermon. Let me get back to this sermon. The next type of menace in society is just as bad. It's the complacent menace. Hello? It's the complacent menace. You see, when you're complacent, you know the situation very well. You know what you ought to do. You know what you got to do. You know what you can do. But you ain't doing nothing. You're just chilling. And you know what you end up being? You end up being accomplice to the negative menace. You end up being accomplice to the enemy. Because you ain't doing nothing. You're not doing anything good per se. And you're not doing anything bad per se. So you end up assisting the drug dealer. You end up assisting the pedophile. You end up assisting, ultimately, Satan. Y'all don't want to hear this now. And you know what's, 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 what's really bad is that, unfortunately, church folk, we end up in that category. I'm, I'm just being real with y'all. Church folk, we're, we're not so much the negative, blatant menaces, but we end up being complacent. And what you have to understand is, church, is that you, this church right here, is the soul of the community. You reflect the society and community in which you, you live in. So if they're not doing too well out there, I don't know how well we're doing in here. We have a divine right and duty. God is expecting us to stand in the gap for the community, for the world. A divine duty to be out there. When you, when you have religion and, and spirituality that, that becomes that becomes just to yourself, privatized, and it's inactive, it becomes vulnerable and soft and eventually irrelevant to the world. God wants to put your faith in action. What do you say, church? Yeah. Let, me get, let me not focus so much on the negative. The third type of menace is the positive menace. And this positive menace, is a, it's a menace, but it's a positive one. It bothers society to better it. Are you hearing me? It bothers society to better it. It's a nuisance. It wants to do good. It wants to, it wants to act and behave positively. And far too many times, we don't have as many positive menaces as we do the negative ones. But which is interesting. Nehemiah fits the third type of menace very, very good. Nehemiah fits the third type of menace very well. He was a government official. And he could have just stayed in his high-class culture and let the world solve its own problems. But he doesn't. He says, listen, I have to make a difference. I have to make a difference in this world. And he gives us four brief points. Four brief points how to make a difference in our society. The story goes like this. Nehemiah. 
He's in the royal court of Artaxerxes. He's working hard. He's an official. The Bible says that his brother, Hanani, and some of his, his homies come to the court. And I can imagine Nehemiah with his polished English. He's of the higher class. And he's speaking to his, his brother and says, uh, Hanny, how are things going back at home in the hood? How are things out, out, out there? Can you, can you just give me a little bit of update of, of how things are going? And I picture, you know, I picture, uh, picture Hanny being, um, you know, he's, he hasn't made too many transitions from the neighborhood to the, to the palace. So I picture him being really real. You know what I'm saying? Just real. I can picture him saying, hey, Neo, what up? What up? Hey, man. Yo, how you doing, man? You all right? I know you want to know the 411. I know you want to know what's up. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, Dunn. Your, your most honest, noble, highness, Steve. Here's the 411. This is what's going on on the block. This is what's happening. My first point in this is that Nehemiah took the time to find out what was going on in his community. He caught a vision. That's the first point, church. He caught a vision. He took time to ask what was up in his old neighborhood. So the first thing you got to do as young people today wanting to make a difference is, is catch a vision. Catch a vision. Catch, catch something. Catch a passion. Find out what's going on in the church, in the community, in the neighborhood. And, and, and just catch a vision. The story goes on. And it says that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. A cupbearer had to be someone who was full of integrity. He had to be someone trustworthy because as a cupbearer, you're tasting the king's food. Because people may be trying to poison the king. This shows us that as young people, we need to be people of integrity. People of, of dignity. People who are, who are well respected. What do you say, young people? The second point I want to make to you is that as you've caught that vision, commit to that vision. The Bible says that after Nehemiah asked him what was going on, he prayed and fasted about what was happening. So when you've caught that vision, commit to it through prayer. Get down on your knees and just ask, God, I'm wrestling with this thing that, that I want to do. I want to do better, God. Just, just help me out a bit. He wrestled with God in prayer over this vision that, that he had received. The third point I want to make to you, church, third point, is that after you have caught your vision, after you've committed to that vision through prayer, then you got to cast the vision. you got to throw it out to people. you got to give it to people. If you read the narrative, you'll understand that 
he said that he did not, he did not tell the people what was in his mind to do. He didn't tell them at first what it is that God had placed on his heart. You have to know when to, to cast that vision, to give it to people. You have to know who to tell the vision to. Realize that some people just don't have your best interest at hand. There are two antagonists in the Bible in this narrative, Tobias and Sanibalit. When they heard the plans that Nehemiah had, they were all getting all negative. They said, this brother, what is he trying to do? Trying to better the, the community? He can't do all that. They started being negative with his, his vision. So many times in this narrative, these two antagonists tried, tried to oppose Nehemiah and his vision and his dream. But Nehemiah had to stay strong, young people. He said, listen, I'm not going to tell these certain folk because they don't care about my vision. They want to trample on me. They want to trample on the purpose that God has for me. I can't go bothering telling them what it is that God has placed on my mind. You got to make sure about who you tell your vision to. Be careful because not all people have, have, are, are out for your best interest. At the, at the end of all of this story, I know I'm running quickly through it, but at the end, you'll notice if you read in the Bible that they plotted, they plotted to kill Nehemiah. Some folk hired some prophets to tell him to meet in the temple. These are supposed to be spiritual folk. Take refuge in the temple. They wanted him to take refuge so that they could kill him. He says, no, no, hold on a second. I am not a priest to be in the temple that way in the first place. And who am I, a man, to be running like this? God has got my back. I don't need to be running from man. God put a, a, he put a vision in my mind to complete, and I'm going to get it done regardless. There are some people who do not have your best interest at hand. They might even be in this church. But you got to praise God anyhow because he's going to do something through you. Know when to cast your vision and know when not to tell people about it. I know this was a brief, brief message, but the last point I want to make the last point, I, I don't like to preach long. The last point I want to make, after young people, you've caught that vision. After you've caught what God has placed on your heart. You've caught it. You've grabbed it. You find a purpose. You make sure you commit to that thing through prayer and fasting. And you carry it with you and you care for that vision. And then after that, you cast it to people. You tell people about it. Use your resources. Use, pe use people who can help you with that vision. The Bible says in chapter 3 that, that um, when they started the building process, the first people to build were the priests. Chapter 3, the first people to build in this were the priests. That tells us that pastors, leaders, we need to put our hands to the plow. It's not just good enough to help people's spiritual needs. We need to help them physically as well. 
Last point is that you got to complete the vision. The Bible says in chapter 6 that after all is said and done, he completed the building of the walls in 52 days. He completed the project. When you've got that vision, you got to do it. You got you to carry it out now. You got to put that plan into action. You got to do it. Don't be afraid to do what God has called you to do. If he's brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. And you don't watch nobody. You don't worry about what they have to say. His enemy said, look at the wall they're trying to build. If a fox were to jump on that thing, that thing would crash. But you just do what God has placed on your heart to do. Don't you know that MLK was considered a menace, a radical? Rosa Parks was considered a menace, didn't want to get out, get, out, get out of her seat. Don't you know that Jesus himself was considered a menace? The high priest and stuff said, who, was this? who is this man? He could not be of God. They mistook all of what he was trying to do. They misunderstood him. And so in this thing, you might be misunderstood, young people. Some folk will just not understand your story. Some folk will understand who you are. They can't see what you see. They can't see what God has placed in your heart. And you don't worry about that. Right now, right now in this congregation, I know that God wants some real brave young folk to do some stuff in Las Vegas, the city of sin. Where else does God need young people to stand up and rise up and stand in the gap? Young people, wake up. God wants to do something through you, but you're being a hindrance. God is calling you right now. Some of you are wrestling with him, wrestling with Jesus, wrestling with accepting him. Accepting salvation. You have to know that it, you, you cannot do nothing apart from Jesus. Nehemiah could not complete the building of the walls without he having a relationship with his God. And young people, I know right now that God is calling some of you. I'm going to be the first one down here. You think, you think that I have it all together? I'm still trying to work out my, my call, my vision. I'm just being real with you. I've been struggling, struggling, God. What is it that you want me to do? So I'm the first one down here saying, Jesus, take my life. Let it be according to your will. If there's any young people right now who know that God is calling on them, meet me down here right now. I'm not going to mince words. I could, they didn't fly me out here to Las Vegas to talk foolishness. I have to preach this thing. This thing is life and death, church. Church, pray for these young people right now. It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. God bless you. Pray. It's a great controversy right now. There's powers and, and darkness in high places wrestling for your soul. 
and you're playing around. If you know that you need to accept Jesus right now, you have to, there's a baptism going on today as a matter of fact. And you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I can't fool around anymore. He's done brought me too far. There are people out there right now carousing, lost as ever. I drove down on the strip yesterday and I saw, I see these people walking, thinking that they're happy, thinking that they got it all together, but they're soulless. Soulless, ain't got no Jesus in them. Walking down the road to perdition with a bottle in their hand. I'm just pleading with these young folks. I'm pleading with anybody who knows that Jesus is knocking. Say, hello? Hello? I've been trying to get to you. I've been, I, I've been trying to knock on your heart for a couple days now. A couple years, a couple months since you were born and you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. And you don't know that you, you may even have a couple more days left on this, on this earth and you don't even know it. You're thinking everything's okay. But God is trying to work out your salvation. He already did it on the cross. All you have to do is accept him. I'm not going to tarry any longer. I'm not going to tarry any, any longer. Church, pray for, pray for our young people. Pray for these people in your seats right now. Pray for them. To step up and make a bold move such as this. When you're competing against the world, you're competing against all the luxury, all the glamour, all the glitz. To step out on faith and say, Jesus, I'm coming over to your side. That takes, that's risky. But they're here. And we need to pray for them. I'm not going to tarry any longer, but I, I know that there are some more young folk in here. You're, you're in here. I don't know who you are, but the Lord knows who you are. He knows exactly who you are and what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. And only he could provide that solution. Only he can give you that peace. Only he can give you that joy. Only he can give you that contentment. Listen, it's a blessing that you wake up every day in, in your right mind. It's a blessing. It's a blessing, church. We take, this, we take this stuff for granted. It's only Jesus who can give you that peace and joy. And he's just asking you to step out on faith. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to close right now. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. But just make sure. But just make sure. But just make sure that before this day is over, that you've made it right with Jesus. Maybe you didn't come up here for whatever reasons, but just make sure. Just make sure that you've made everything right with Jesus. I'm going to pray. Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me.
Father God in heaven, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went straight to the cross for us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you the glory, Lord. No other person could do it but you, Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord God in heaven. We bless your holy name. Lord, you have young people. You have people up here right now who've decided to accept you as their personal Savior and Lord. And so, God, I'm praying that you put a protective force of faith around them, Lord God in heaven, so that not even the enemy himself, Lord, could touch them, Lord God in heaven. Protect them and guide them, Lord God. These are the future Nehemiahs of this world, Lord God in heaven. So place a vision in their heart, Lord God. Help them to commit to it. Help them to cast it out and help them to complete it, God. But before they could do all that, Lord God, they need you, Jesus. And we're glad that they're up here, Father God. So Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Glad. Pray. Give them a round of hand. Look at our young people. Look at the future. As our young people return to their seats, all of you who are already baptized and members of the church, this is a rededication for you. But any of you who came forward who are not already members of the church, would you please hold up your hand? If you're not already, already a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, hold up your hand for us, please, because we want to have a special session for you. All right, uh, Brother Collins, see that these hands are supplied with a slip. All of you are not already baptized and members of the church, just hold up your hand. Ushers, let's get a slip in their hands right away. We like to be very specific. Thank you, Sister Wylena down here and a brethren over here. Just see that every hand is supplied. Over here where there are young people that came forward, right here in the front. Thank you, Brother Brown. Now you who receive these slips, please fill them out for us. Another young man, say amen, church. Amen. Oh my, all over, thank you. And we'll receive these in just a few minutes. One more here, I see, would you raise your hand high? Where is that hand? All right, thank you very much, Pastor Notice. Now what you ought to be aware of is that this young man is graduating from the seminary in a few weeks. Pastor Lewars has already done what he's about to do, and that is finished. And I imagine that then he'll do the other thing Pastor Lewars did recently, once, <laughs> once he gets out of school. But he is on his way, and it's wonderful to see God leading young men in proclamation of the gospel. And even more wonderful to see young people responding. So all of you who are responding, we know where you're seated now. Just fill out those blanks, put your name there, and I'll collect them in a moment. And we'll be in touch with you and prepare you for baptism, which we will now enjoy, Pastor Lewars. And our Bible workers have been studying. We have two individuals who have been studied with by Pastor Lewars in particular. 
and one from our regular Bible working crew, Bible workers crew, and we'll do that in a moment. But before then, I'd like to mention that we have a number of individuals who are transferring into our church fellowship and some who are transferring out. And I've asked uh, Sister Mamie Manigan, who is serving as our a clerk for this session, maybe here at this mic, Sister Manigan, might be easiest for you at the moment, uh, to read the names of all of these transferees. These are individuals who are both leaving, going to other cities where they have moved, and some who are coming in by letter, by transfer of letter. So this is the first reading. Please listen as the names are read. Transferring to Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, we have Elizabeth Jones Boyd from Detroit Northwest Seventh-day Adventist Church in Detroit, Michigan. You may continue. Kelly O'Connor from the Agape Seventh-day Adventist Church in University City, Missouri. We have three members from Cuba. Thank you. Nissan Hernandez, Balanca Morejan. You may stand as your names are called. If you're here, you may stand. These are individuals transferring from Cuba. And Mario Trujillo. All right, you may be seated once your name is called and you've stood. These are the transfers from Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mark Aspect to the Cave Creek Seventh-day Adventist Fellowship Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Belanca Hammond and Jeffrey Hammond from Richmond Beacon Light Seventh-day Adventist Church in Richmond, California. And O.C. White III to Tamaran Avenue Seventh-day Adventist Church in Compton, California. All right, these individuals the latter group will be voted by the churches where they will now hold membership. And this is the first reading for those who are coming in. We'll let the churches where they are going, individuals are going, know that uh, we have approved that. And so let's vote on them now. All those in favor of granting the transfer to these individuals, the Hammonds and uh, O.C. White Jr., would you please May I have a vote that this be the case? Is there a second? Second. Those approved, please say aye. Aye. Any question? Any opposition? Nay. It is carried. Thank you. We'll so notify. The third. The third. The third. All right. Thank you for correcting me. I'm sorry. O.C. White the third. I think the clerk said that. I did. But I said O.C. White the third. If we vote him out, we'll we'll lose our church treasure, and we don't want to do that. We, you, you're still with us, O.C. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, you might assume your place here by the pool, Sister Manigan, and I'm going to ask that our head deaconess and head deacon will escort the candidates for baptism to the front, where they will face the congregation. And we will have the vows, and we will ask them to respond by simply saying, I do. Simply saying, I do. Number one, I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is my Savior and is coming soon. 
I believe the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three beings who function as one. I believe that the Ten Commandments are different from Moses' laws and that God's Holy Ten Commandments are still his will of obedience for human beings. I believe that the seventh day is the Sabbath day and am determined to keep it holy according to the instructions of the Word of God. I believe that death is asleep and that there will be two resurrections, one for the righteous when Jesus comes again and one for the wicked at the end of the millennium and it is my determination if I die to be in the first resurrection. I believe in tithes and offerings and am determined to support the church faithfully in these giving patterns. I believe in the Bible teaching of modesty in dress that eliminates the need for jewelry and loud or showy cosmetics of all kinds and am determined to dress in the ideal fashion of Christian modesty as recommended in the Bible and authenticated by the remnant church. I believe that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I will by God's grace refrain from use of all unclean foods, alcohols, and all forms of tobacco. I believe in the spirit of prophecy and the writings of Ellen White and believe that while they are not on the level with the Bible, they are good instructions for the child of God. I believe in baptism by immersion and wish to be so baptized today as an expression of my faith in God and my desire to be a part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Brothers and sisters, you've heard the answers to our baptismal exam. What is your pleasure concerning the full acceptance of the membership of these individuals upon having been administered the rite of baptism? Is there a second? Any question? Those in favor, please say aye. aye. Any opposed, nay. The motion is carried. And upon baptism, these three individuals will hold official membership amongst God's Sabbath-keeping people. Amen. Is that a reason to rejoice? Amen.
It's our custom to have the family members of a person being baptized to come to their feet. And before I even ask it, half the church is standing up. Jessica, that means they love you. And they appreciate this day. All right. And Jessica has a statement. I just wanted to quote a scripture, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My dear Jessica, according to the profession of your faith and in harmony with the teachings that you have had in your home and in this church all your life, We now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Jenkins is also one of our young people growing up in the church who has decided, as he studied with Pastor Lee Wars for several months, decided that he will become also a full-fledged member of the church. Family members, you're on your feet, but raise your hand. Where are you? There they are. They're all over the place. You got a big family, young man. We're expecting big things of you. God's going to lead you and bless you. Our dear brother Jenkins Delu, according to the profession of your faith and in harmony with the training that you've had since your youth and all during your childhood, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.
Elam, zip code 89128. All right, we'd like for Sister Bray, where are you, mommy? There you are, hold your hand up high. And all the special family and friends, hold your hands up. I know that they're here to support you, Ron, too. And Ron, too, we're looking forward to seeing you being a deacon real soon. We, we big, strong, young man. We, we're looking forward to your participation. Our dear brother, Rantu, according to the profession of your faith and in harmony with Christ's command to go preach, teach, and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we do hereby baptize you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing what a fellowship, what a joy divine. thank the pastor for that wonderful message that he just brought to us and I also would like to close with uh, scripture Isaiah 25 9 and it will be said in that day behold this is our God we have waited for him and he will save us this is the Lord we have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation shall we pray Dear Lord, I thank you for this wonderful Sabbath day that you've given us. Thank you for this youth day. I thank you for the message that just has been brought to us, and I ask that you would just please watch over our youth in this church and continue to bless each and every one of us. Please give us safe traveling mercies as we get ready to head home, and once again, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we, we hope to have you all back here at 6 o'clock for AY and or AJY 
and it's special this evening to be here. Also, our our pastor, Pastor Lyle Notice, will be doing our special Vesper service this evening to close out the Sabbath. Thank you very much.